Did you see over the last few days that Pope Francis responded to several questions, you might say dubia, from the homosexuality-promoting Jesuit priest James Martin? Funny how Francis can find time to answer certain questions, or dubia, when they come from a heretical priest, but not from four cardinals, in fact, the most faithful cardinals in the church. Oh well. The Q&A between Francis and Martin is a great study in diabolic disorientation. It's a brilliant example of something called weaponized orthodoxy. So if you've ever wondered about that concept of weaponized orthodoxy, what is that all about? Stay tuned. This is The John Henry Weston Show. Let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Have you ever felt like Pope Francis is trying to frighten us into abandoning Orthodox Catholic doctrine? Pope Francis recently replied to a letter from Father James Martin and his new LGBT group, Outreach. Martin posed three common questions from the LGBT community, he said. But let's see how Francis's answers contain truths and falsehoods mixed together, which sow confusion with ambiguity, and much more so than plainly teaching error ever could. So first of all, to the questions. Firstly, Martin asked, what you say is the most important, or what would you say is the most important thing for the LGBT people to know about God? Francis wrote, God is Father, and He does not disown any of His children. I'll just mention as an aside that it's difficult to reconcile what he's implying with our Lord's words in the Sermon on the Mount. Not everyone, he said. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, he shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But that's only Jesus, right? Jesus said, additionally, that at the final judgment, many will claim to have been his followers and done miracles in his name even. But unless they have done the will of his Father, he will say to them, and I quote, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. So let's move on from there. Question number two, Martin asked, what do you want LGBT people to know about the church? And Francis told them to read the Acts of the Apostles, where they will find, quote, the image of the living church. Um, is that the same Acts of the Apostles, the same book of the Bible, where in perhaps the first ever papal address, St. Peter told his listeners, save yourselves from this perverse generation. Where St. Peter told Simon Magus to do penance for his wickedness if he were to have any hope of forgiveness. Is this the same Acts of the Apostles where one of the first three commands imposed on Gentile Christians at the first ecumenical council was to abstain from fornication? But it's actually in this third answer 
from the Pope to James Martin, that there's really revealed some kind of underhanded tactic in this whole thing. Martin asks Francis what the Pope would say to an LGBT Catholic who has experienced rejection from the Church. And Francis writes, I would have them recognize it not as the rejection of the Church, but instead of people in the Church. The Church is a mother and calls together all her children. Take, for example, and this is again quoting from Pope Francis, take, for example, the parable of those invited to the feast, the just, the sinners, the rich, and the poor, etc. A selective Church, one of pure blood, is not Holy Mother Church, but rather a sect. So, there's lots in there. There's much more than meets the eye in Pope Francis's response here. There's real tactics, as I said. The basic gist, of course, is that he is saying that the Church is not comprised solely of holy or morally good people, and affirming that homosexuals are also called and obliged to enter the Church. That's, of course, what is true. We all believe that. Every Catholic should know this. But it's also clear there are two prongs, if you will, to this tactic. Number one, Francis is insinuating that we don't know this and that we think the Church is for the pure only. And number two, he is insinuating homosexual persons are invited to join while not only continuing in their chosen lifestyle, but also while affirming its moral acceptability. And here we have that modern phenomenon that is popularly known as weaponized orthodoxy, using true principles to advance modernism against the only people who actually care about those principles, faithful Catholics. Look, we don't need to go any further into the question of whether Christ and his church call all men to salvation and to living according to the natural moral law. We know this. We also know that all of us are flawed and fall into greater or lesser sins, more or less often, actually. Some Catholics, of course, may even fall into homosexual sins. If you want to understand this, it's very easy. Go to the encyclical called Mystici Corporis Christi by Pope Pius XII. He reaffirms there the settled and certain Catholic doctrine, and I quote, Nor must one imagine that the body of the Church, just because it bears the name of Christ, is made up during the days of its earthly pilgrimage only of members conspicuous for their holiness, end quote. That's number 23 in that document. But the idea that one can be a Catholic while affirming that homosexual acts are morally good is totally false. So, to bring it home for you, the Catholic who falls into homosexual sin, knowing that it's wrong, but being tempted severely, falls but repents, and he remains a Catholic. However, even if it were that Father James Martin remained always celibate as his vows require, but believes and teaches that homosexual acts are not wrong, he is not a Catholic. The Church is completely clear on this. The Church is indeed selective when it comes to the profession of faith. As the Church teaches officially, and I'll quote it for you, 
actually only those are to be included as members of the church who have been baptized, who profess the true faith, and who have not been so unfortunate as to separate themselves from the unity of the body or been excluded by legitimate authority for grave faults committed. That's number 22 from that same encyclical, Mystici Corporis Christi from Pius XII. Someone who doesn't meet this description is not a Catholic. But did you hear anything about moral goodness and pure blood in there? No, there's nothing. Pope Francis already denied the idea as if we didn't, but we do. A bit further on, Pius XII reaffirms the point. He says, Not every sin, however grave it may be, is such as of its own nature to sever a man from the body of the church, as does schism or heresy or apostasy. So, this isn't just Pius XII's teaching, mind you. He's just one of the most recent popes to affirm it. It's just impossible for someone to be a Catholic, a member of the church, while openly and knowingly departing from the church's own teaching. The church does not only include those of pure life, but the church does include only those who profess a pure faith. So why is this important? Well, it's important that we accurately present the church's teaching about loving those with same-sex attraction, but it's equally important that we present the church's teaching about the church itself and who is a member. In other words, we can sometimes be in a hurry to address the detail of the particular moral truth being attacked, which can sometimes leave questions of faith to one side. Pope Francis is setting up a straw man. He is accusing us of a crass error against doctrine and making it seem like insisting on the life-giving message of the gospel is actually Pharisaism or sectarianism or Puritanism. He's trying to link an insistence on the natural moral law with the error that the church is comprised only of the pure. And all this to try to frighten us away from the truth about the natural law. He does this with powerful weapons, orthodox points of theology twisted out of shape. He's trying to say that Catholic orthodoxy itself requires us to accept as Catholics those who deny the Catholic faith. Similarly, he's trying to make people of goodwill think that groups like LifeSite are insisting on some impossible and theologically wrong standard for membership. The, the idea he's imputing to us is nearly heresy, or what's called by theologians proximate to heresy. He is accusing us of being near to heresy and using this to try to frighten us into giving up Catholic teaching, both on sexual morality and on the Church itself. There we have it, something called weaponized orthodoxy. No, friends, the Catholic Church is not comprised only of good men and saints, unfortunately. But the Catholic Church is comprised exclusively of Catholics, those who profess all that the Church teaches, even though they may fall into sin. This has been the John Henry Weston Show, and may God bless you.